Welcome to the eighth episode of All Things Crypto, an Elk Finance podcast. I am Fareed. And I'm Shiloh, also known as LT Snake Plissken. Today we are discussing lending and borrowing. So keep in mind, we're not financial advisors. We don't look like financial advisors. And in this case, you can judge us by our looks. Uh, this is not financial advice. If you're looking for financial advice, please find a licensed advisor in your area. Our mission in this Elk Finance podcast is to provide resources to people who are interested in crypto. So if we get something wrong, please let us know. Uh, we really welcome your feedback, right? As, as I always say, we want to learn. We're here to share stuff. Uh, let us know on Telegram. Tell me directly at uh, t.me slash elk underscore finance underscore chat. And uh, message me uh, at LT Snake Plissken. Perfect. Now, let's just start with a very simple question about what is lending and borrowing? Well, I mean, lending and borrowing obviously exists in the real world, uh, just similar to how it exists in the crypto world. Now, um, how I kind of like to describe it is banks break your kneecaps when you don't pay afterwards, while crypto breaks them in advance and then sometimes breaks them more if you don't really pay. I love that. <laughs> that is really true, actually, because in a typical bank, when you're trying to borrow, you put put you put some uh, collateral in, and after that, you borrow it. And as uh, it was said, uh, if you don't pay it back, you're in trouble. But in terms of crypto, what is it? So with crypto, um, basically, you take uh, a, a certain asset that you already own, right? Um, so, you know, in, in a traditional bank, right, you take out uh, a mortgage, they got to check how much money you have coming in, they got to check your assets, they got to check all these things to make sure that you can potentially keep paying back the loan. But with crypto, you uh, actually put your assets, you freeze them in a contract in advance. So you take, uh, let's say, one Ethereum let's say, and you, and you collateralize it, collateralize it, you, you, you uh, freeze it in a smart contract, they hold it for you. Um, but the thing is, you might only get, you know, 80% uh, of that, 90% of that uh, in a borrowed asset. So you lend that Ethereum, and then you get to borrow something else like a stable coin, or, uh, you know, another token. And, you know, it really depends. Uh, you can get a varying amount of that other token. Now, that depends on how risky that token uh, that you put as collateral is. If you you've kind of put a more uh, risky token in than Ethereum, um, if you, you lent with Doge, for example, right? If you lent with Dogecoin, you, you would probably not get as much uh, of a borrowed asset as you would had you collateralized with Ethereum. Oh, we already have it. Elon is not, hopefully not listening here. No, don't worry. He is not listening. Because so. he's a big fan of Dogecoin and he, that's a stable coin time. <laughs> yeah, it might as well be. It's been at like 23 cents forever. So, um, But yeah, if uh, the idea is here, um, if the, the asset you borrowed, so I... Um, I lent Ethereum and I and I borrowed, uh, let's say, Elk. 
and uh, the elk I borrowed increases in value in relation to the Ethereum. So Ethereum stays the same or maybe, you know, uh, goes lower. Uh, and, and my elk that I borrowed using my Ethereum as collateral, um, you know, uh, the, the elk uh, I borrowed increases in value. That, after it crosses, crosses a certain threshold, can result in a penalty. And, and that's what they call liquidation. So that is a scary word, um, <laughs> right? Uh, but really, in this case, we look at an average fee of between 3 and 15% uh, of, of whatever asset you lent, let's say the Ethereum in this case, you lent to borrow the elk. And remember, you actually only got, um, you know, 80%, 90% of the elk you could have um, because the, the, the Ethereum you lent is over collateralized meaning you you lend like i said you lend more than you actually get to borrow um but if uh you you take that elk and you pay back uh you know that uh that loan you pay back what you borrowed and then it releases your ethereum minus uh the fees so the fees here for for most protocols we're looking at you know um, like agave on XDAI, um, you know, even AAVE or compound, you're going to get, uh, you know, maybe a 2% per year fee. So the fee for borrowing isn't going to break the bank. Mm -hmm. um, so, so whatever you pay back, it's minus, minus those from your collateralized asset. In this case, Ethereum to take out the, the elk. So, you know, so you, you end up with a little ETH, less ETH than you would have um, had you just held it. Um, so yeah, the idea is they they really will take the, um, the difference. They'll take, uh, you know, a little bit of a penalty to mitigate risk for people who are lending you uh, the assets. But this is very important. Uh, I just want to highlight this. The catch here is you have to keep your eye on the evaluation of the tokens you're putting right. uh, in as a collateral and the tokens you're borrowing. Right. Because any fluctuation can heavily impact how your investment is going to go forward. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to really watch that. Um, so, you know, it's a great thing if the asset you borrow and then, let's say, sell, right? Mm -hmm. Um you know, you, you borrow and sell an asset because, uh, you know, you think it's going to go down. Yeah. Right. And then you buy that asset back and you pay back your loan uh, when, when as it's gone down and you kind of keep the difference. So that's kind of one of the main main purposes that we'll get into later. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's a little bit of a risk reward gambling situation. That's right. There is a, something called flash loans. What are those? Those are tricky. Now, flash loans, you've probably heard of them, and, and you probably hear them most uh, when it comes to flash loan attacks. Uh, you hear uh, about projects getting hacked or that are vulnerable to flash loans mm -hmm. um, because they are, you know, an interesting thing. And when you first mention them and you're like, why does this even exist? So what a flash loan is, <laughs> is someone needs no collateral, like zero collateral, 
Um, so you don't need any assets other than gas to cover the transaction initially. Um, it, all you need to do is you basically borrow these assets and you can make, you, you have to make uh, multiple transactions. So you would do something, you would, you would uh, start this contract, you would then do something with that asset you've borrowed mm -hmm. in a flash. Uh, and you could, uh, swap it for something else. Um, you could, you know, call any function. Um, but the, the thing is here, you have to do it. You have to return the asset to you to, uh, within one block. So of the blockchain moving. That's just literally flash. That's literally a flash, like Ethereum, like, which is, you know, um that's like what six seven seconds maybe if you're lucky four seconds Oof. so you have to execute multiple transactions within that time so basically um you you borrow it uh and return it before it's owed otherwise the whole thing gets reversed mm -hmm. right so you can't just you know uh borrow something and and send it to your you know binance wallet and cash it out to your to your to your real money because it wouldn't it like the the it wouldn't be captured in that block it would go uh once that block would be verified it would realize that yes it you you took out the flash loan but it wouldn't see it having been repaid in the same block so the whole thing would be reverted wow yeah so what are they typically used for so besides exploiting vulnerabilities and smart contracts, um, you're wondering like why why else? That's all I've heard of it for. And and uh, there's actually a few different cool uses. And the biggest, most common one is arbitrage. And if you want to learn a little bit more about arbitrage, you should head back to our previous episode uh, where we covered it. And uh, but basically, it, it serves to um, you know buy cheaper on one protocol by buy token a on one protocol and sell token a uh, at a higher price on a second protocol and pocketing the difference mm -hmm. so um, in that case you can do that within one block if you set those uh you know set those up within that block you could uh, for example take a flash loan uh of let's say die uh of x die on you know the XDAI network, you could uh, you could then buy some um, you know uh, agave uh, on Elk where it's a little bit let's say cheaper on the Elk decks, and then you could see that you know it was uh, it's maybe a little bit more expensive on you know HoneySwap, so then you swap your uh, your agave for uh, back to XDAI on HoneySwap, selling it for a little bit more. Um, and then in the same block, paying your XDAI back uh, to to the flash loan, right? And then you keep whatever difference that arbitrage was. Now, obviously, people, uh, individuals, aren't able to do this. You know, nobody can click that fast, <laughs> and and the websites wouldn't load that fast. So that's where you got to uh, be kind of a developer or use something like brewcombo.app which we'll link in the description um 
you know, you, you kind of create a plan of what you're going to do and uh, it's automatically executed. Um, so it's like, boom, 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 way faster than any human can kind of click. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that, um, that transaction is, is executed uh, all at once so that it can complete within the block. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's arbitrage is one of those uses you would use something like that for. Uh, if you have a token, you're, you're kind of new, uh, you notice that your token fluctuates in price because you have liquidity on multiple DEXs, um, you could totally, um, you know, arbitrage between those two DEXs automatically using a bot that maybe takes flash loans. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the things. Um, the, the other thing here is uh, what's called a collateral swap. Now, this gets progressively more complicated. With the collateral swap, you would uh, replace the token that you use as collateral with something else of equal value, um, or perhaps move it to another protocol. And you could do that fast within one block. And there's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And, and I would encourage you to kind of take a Google and, and read more in depth into to what that looks like. Um, and I want to move on to the third piece here, which is self-liquidation. That would be another reason why you might do a flash loan. Now, that sounds terrible, uh, self-liquidation. <laughs> um, um, but basically it means, um, as I said before, you know, if your asset that you provided as collateral, that ETH in our ETH, uh, ETH to ELK loan, where we, we lent ETH and borrowed ELK, if that Ethereum uh, starts to uh, depreciate in value, it starts to, um, you know, not be as valuable is in relation to the elk that you've borrowed right because the elk is increasing in value uh, thus making eth worth less um, so it doesn't cover as much of the borrow um, then what you might want to do is it's approaching that that penalty zone of that three to fifteen percent where where you can get penalized um, then you can take that uh, and take out a loan right of of the eth you could pay it back uh and then sell uh whatever you know even though it's worth less it's going down right you could sell that eth and take a little bit of a loss versus that three to fifteen percent or more liquidation costs if it continued to plummet in relation to the l yeah uh, i think you know what everybody needs to keep in mind um Lending and uh, borrowing in a context of crypto is not like a traditional sense of buying a house. You get a mortgage, don't worry about it for 25 years. Once in a while, go and change your interest rate and you're good to go. Here, it's just you have to always keep your eye on it because any fluctuation and any sharp drop or sudden drop in the uh, prices can just eat through your collateral so quickly that you can get nothing for it back. It's just, it's it's really, uh, really time sensitive and requires quite a bit of uh, attention to details to make sure that you are in a uh, sweet spot and you're holding the right tokens. Absolutely. And uh, of course, another risk of, uh, you know, flash loans is 
if you're on somewhere like Ethereum, you know, the gas cost for that is going to be not, not small, right? So, so that is something, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you have to remember that your gas costs are high, but you're not collateralizing it. So, right. Uh, it's yes. just nothing is free. You have to give something to get something. So that's right. So uh, the other question comes to my mind is uh, when and why would you consider lending or borrowing? Yeah, and I think we've we've been overly kind of cautionary so far in talking about it. Um, so I think it's important to talk about the reasons why you would. These exist. They're popular. Places like Agave and AAVE and Comp uh, Compound are are popular. They exist. They're 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 up there. So why do people use them? And the number one way we, we kind of already mentioned is shorting a borrowed asset. So let's say in this example let's stick with the same pairing right we uh we take some some eth and we collateralize it for some elk and we do this thinking that um you know um we 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 think that the elk is going to go down in value at some point so we we take our eth and we borrow elk and then we sell that elk at the price it is now betting on the fact that that elk value is going to go down so we we sell elk let's say for a stable coin we wait a day or two that however long we think it's going to take and then if we're lucky and we're expert market predictors and we all know you know how predictable crypto is it's not but uh you know and and let's say it pays off and elk goes down and we were right if elk goes down in price then you buy back that elk and then you pay back the borrowed asset that you you borrowed uh ending up with more elk than you had releasing your eth in this case mm -hmm. so you end up with some extra elk without having you know gotten rid of the eth you let's say wanted to hold um so this way you can kind of make those gambles you didn't really sell anything and you didn't spend a whole lot because the cost is something around two percent apr over a year to borrow um so if you pay that back in a couple of days that's 0. 0.000 whatever very little um and you made more uh elk in the end um another reason why you might might want to get involved in lending and borrowing is lending lending carries almost no risk at all especially with you know uh protocols like like agave or aave or, or compound um they are audited they've got uh a lot of uh features that keep things balanced uh the risk is really on the borrowers. So the lender carries very little and they've got these formulas and these smart contracts that execute right away so that the lenders aren't losing money and so that it's always profitable. Um, and yeah, it, it really feels like, you know, sometimes people don't wanna bet with their own money. So their own assets. So they can, if they can pay back more than they borrowed, uh, it's really, you know, a win right on 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 both so yeah among uh, listeners somebody wants to go down the path of lending 
they have to keep in mind that yeah the risk is low but the reward is low too uh yes. you want to touch on that absolutely so um even if you are lending for uh like a flash loan provider which sometimes these flash loans have executed correctly you've seen the the you know amount of of destruction and and, and money that they can they can earn on each flash loan if it's successful remember it has to be successful to be to go through um if they're each um protocol will take something like 0.09% of every flash loan uh of the profit side so if you don't meet those requirements again it doesn't succeed mm -hmm. uh so so there's that piece um so so 0 0.09 per trend per successful flash loan you know usually isn't a whole lot distributed amongst all the people who are lending mm -hmm. uh, just the same uh you know, a lot of the the AP APRs are somewhere around two to five percent on a lot of these protocols, right? Uh, if you lend, uh, you just lend, let's say your your Dai or USDT or ETH, yeah, you're looking at something about two percent a year. So it's not huge. It's not not a massive uh, benefit um, for doing those things, though it's low risk right so you know if you're it's it's beats holding it that's right but when you're putting it in the context of some staking or farming you do in elk um I, yeah i really advise people who are considering this choice to look at the options of staking and farming to see if they can get a better yield out of their uh, uh investment absolutely and you know and if you are in a, a place where all you want is a stable coin and you want it to just hang out and and make money on your money well heck a guaranteed two percent a year isn't anything to scoff at if you're not taking any risk by having a you know usdc or something like that uh and staking that on agave let's say you know because uh, you're not going to find too many um you know places where you can stake a single um you know us stable coins and, and make make something on it so you know if you're gonna set it there and forget about it that's mm -hmm. pretty good right um yeah so if you want to classify the risks for lenders and borrowers what would those risks be well i mean like we've said uh the risks are you have to really be on top of something if you you've borrowed if you've borrowed something, you really want to make sure you, you uh, don't get liquidated. You got to read up on when, at what point, the asset you lent that, that's collateral, um, at what point that would start to get penalized, that 3 to 15%. So you know when to uh, pay it back and walk away, even if you've lost. So that's where that gambler's fallacy can kick in, right? We, we think... Oh man, I've come this far. It's got to go up, and we just kind of end up keep going and going until it's all gone. Um, so we really need to pay attention to it and be on top of it. That's that's a risk. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. But you have to guys remember, uh, this is not something like a bad investment. You can stick to it forever because every time they are liquidating, they are eating through your collateral, and this party cannot last forever. Right. And so we got to remember that uh, another risk is that interest rates can change quickly, especially when a lot of people want to borrow an asset, but there's not a lot of lenders. That basic supply and demand thing. 
Uh, so you got to keep an eye on your on your interest you're paying because that could that could increase if some something, you know, the the asset you're borrowing uh, suddenly becomes in super demand, right? Yeah. Um, so you might think you're making a profit when really, um, you know, there there's a huge demand on that elk you're borrowing. Uh, mm-hmm. So you start to have to pay eventually more. You, you cuts into your collateral when you when you eventually cash out. Um, but uh, then, and then I guess it's not really a risk. But as I said, um, the lower risk for lenders, so the rewards are smaller. So that's that's another downside. But um, if you're making a lot of educated guesses, and uh, you know you kind of want to play with your money without actually making transactions, and uh, I think the lending and borrowing is worth exploring. Um, and so, like, you could learn. Uh, you know, if you Google uh, agave. A G A V E and uh, give check them out. Um, you know, read up on their docs, what they have to offer. Chat with them in their Telegram. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of benefits to things like that, uh, to lending and borrowing protocols, and they have their place within the DeFi ecosystem. It's just that please make sure you do read this so you know what you're risking, and you know what can go right and what can go wrong. Uh, so that's that do your own research part, especially. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other part of it is just a small, start small to, you know, it's just, uh, you can read as much as you want, but at the end of the day, when you don't have a skin on a game, it's, it's a little bit different when you start kind of with a small, uh, amount, it's mm-hmm. manageable at the same time, you're learning so much, uh, regarding what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Yeah, that's a good point. So putting down a little bit, testing it out, see how it works and uh yeah give it a shot but uh yeah i think that's all we have for today um as always thank you so much for listening and urge you to check out our other episodes um and again if you've got any feedback you can reach us uh on our telegram our elk finance chat that's t.me slash elk underscore finance underscore chat and you can find me at the handle at lt snake pliskin and uh Please uh, check the description for some more details on the episode and, and any links we mentioned. Thank you again for being with us in this episode, and we will see you in the next episode. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.